Ready? Okay, I'm ready. Okay. One. Oh. Set up. Okay. One, two, three. Yay. All right. Pharmacy is closed. Welcome back to When the Pharmacy is Closed podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Chris. And I'm your other co-host, Clarissa. This is our fourth episode. Woo, going strong. Going strong. If you notice that we're in the same clothes, say nothing about it. Yeah, if you're watching the videos, say nothing that we're in the same clothes. Did we switch seats? Yes, yes, we did, just so we look different. <laughs> just to add a little bit of spice. Be proud of us. <laughs> we put in that effort. So for this episode, we thought it would be fun to kind of talk about our experiences as technicians we have two different perspectives two different perspectives i have worked in a community setting for two years in two different pharmacies uh with two different companies i should say and i've worked in inpatient pharmacies uh, a rehab facility versus a hospital or versus um also a hospital mm-hmm. for four years now Wow, four years? That's a long time. I know, right? It sound, I sound like a fully seasoned technician. You are a fully seasoned technician. <laughs> You're almost going on five. Well, this is your fifth year, right? I believe, yeah. At the In December, I would have been at Del Sol for two years, and yeah. that would be five years. Yeah, going on your fifth year. I took a little break from working as a tech, but we'll get into that right now. <laughs> All right, so where should we start? Who wants to start? Shall we start with pharmacy or community? Pharmacy or community? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the same thing. (laughs) Hospital hospital. or community? Um, Either or, I guess we can just go into our roles before we start comparing. Sure. Okay, so do you want to start or do you want me to start? You mean kind of like the the responsibilities of a technician in said setting? Yeah, responsibilities in said setting. Do you want to go first? Yeah, so I'll go for it. I'm mainly going to focus on hospital pharmacy because... The, I must say, like the rehab facility I used to work at, it was kind of like a catch-all for one technician. One technician kind of did it all. Okay. Whereas I think hospital, it's a lot more diverse, what you're going to do. Okay. So, at, so for context, I work at Del Sol. It's the hospital on the freeway, if you don't know. One of the major hospitals in El Paso. Mm-hmm. And a technician could have... I want to say there's about eight to ten. You could have eight, one of eight to ten different shifts. Wow. So you could either be a runner. Mm-hmm. You could be an IV room tech for the day. You could be Pixis. You could be a NARC tech. You could be a project shift. You can be Pixis optimization. In my case, I can be intern. Okay. That one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and uh, that—that's all the different roles you can have. We'll that's a lot. go more into detail about each role later. Okay. Or shall I go now? Oh, I can go if you want me to go. Should I? I mean, I can explain. Well, let me explain each one briefly, really quick. Okay. Okay. So, runner, the runner is responsible for delivering any medications to the nurses. Mm-hmm. If any of the machines, the machines can be Pixis, they can be Omnicell. There's a bunch of different companies that'll do it. If any of the medications in the machine hit a minimum or go out of stock, then we get a report and it's our responsibility to refill it. So medications to nurses, refill the machines. If any of the machines have like a pocket that's not working, then we have to go fix it. Any, what else is there? Any IVs that have to go up, we have to take them to the nurses or to the patient medication rooms. 
And the goal for the runner is to do that every hour on the 30th. Okay. So usually what we'll tell nurses when they call for a medication is they'll be like, oh, I'm looking for this medication for so-and-so room. We'll look it up. We'll dispense it. And we'll be like, oh, okay, if you want, you can either come down for it. They always have that option. Or we'll tell them it'll be going up on the next run. For example, it'll go up on the 330 run or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then next one is the IV room tech. So each IV shift, there's three at my hospital, has a batch. The batch is a list of IV medications that are scheduled. So each shift has a specific time frame that their batch will print. So like the morning one, I believe there's prints from about 4 a.m. to 10 a.m. And then the middle, I got the times wrong. But you, you get the point. Each shift kind of has a different time, time that, for all the different medications. Mm-hmm. So responsibilities IV tech is to make all of those. It can be inside or outside the IV room. There are different criteria that'll... Uh, tell us whether we can do it inside the IV room or we can do it outside. And you also have to help keep up any stock medication parts. So we have some stock medications that are always prepared so that when they need them, we have them ready. And you can like, take them. On the fly, right? Yeah. So that's like Pitocin's for L&D. That'll be like uh, norepinephrine, phenylephrine, uh, fentanyl drips, Verset drips. What's it called? Penicillin drips. There's a whole list. But all the IV room techs work together to make sure those PARs stay up to the correct level. Uh, in addition, let's say maybe you'll, if any pharmacy students are listening to this, you'll learn about like USB 797 and all of that. There are certain conditions in the IV rooms that have to be met. If for any reason they don't, it's our responsibility to, once they reach back into those levels, perform a terminal clean. So clean literally everything. Everything, yeah everything it's a very fun process Mm -hmm. and then pixis your whole shift is dedicated to restocking the medication machines uh pixis narcotics tech you're basically the same thing as pixis except your shift is refilling the narcotics okay delivering narcotics because you know narcotics are a very serious thing they involve the dea if needed so it's best to very much pay attention to that during your shift rather than have to deal with every other medication in the Pixis. Mm-hmm. You can be Pixis optimization. So our goals for the machines is to make sure that we're meeting certain metrics. So maybe we don't want to be refilling it more than four times in a month. So then we'll go into the Pixis. We'll be like, okay, maybe Tylenol tablets are being filled six times a month. Where can we move it in the machine to increase the PAR so that it's being refilled less? It's okay. kind of that idea. Mm-hmm. Project shifts are coming in. You're basically helping out the pharmacy. In my case, internships, I'm shadowing the pharmacist. I'm working on the medication patient profiles, kind of finding different information for them, giving my ideas to the pharmacist and seeing what they think, kind of letting them give me constructive criticism. I'm not sure if I missed any. <laughs> I think that's it. But yeah, there's a lot you can do in a hospital. Yeah, there is a lot that you can do in a hospital. And I guess I never really knew that until right now. But basically, in a community pharmacy, I feel like there's not that many roles. I mean, there is, but I don't think as many as in a hospital <laughs> setting. So basically, when you work in a community pharmacy, uh, I'm not sure how it is at any other pharmacy. I've only worked at CVS and Walgreens, but there's basically technicians that, well, you can basically do all the, 
all the roles that I'm going to talk about, mm-hmm. I think in the ones that I worked on, typically it was based on seniority where you were placed. Oh, really? Which I didn't really like that, but because I like to learn all the roles. You know, I didn't want to be at the cashier all day. Right. But anyways, so some of the roles included being the front, you're the cashier. Um, at CVS, it was more strictly just cashier, getting the name, date of birth, and then going to get the prescription from the bins, selling it out, right? At Walgreens, their computers allow you to switch from being the register to being the computer, so like it's the same monitor. So um. yeah, so on the same thing, at Walgreens, you are more in the front, helping the customers, not only with them picking up their prescriptions and selling them out, it was also input. So if they came to your window and they were like, hey, like I wanted a immunization, you can process the immunization right there in the front. And then you can also input prescriptions. Like if they bring it in, you scan it there at mm-hmm. your computer that you're at, you know? So you can like work on typing prescriptions, data entry, while patients are coming in and out to pick up the prescription. So then after pickup, which is called pickup, after pickup, there's drive-through. There's obviously a drive-through mm-hmm. in most pharmacies. So it's the same thing as pick up in the front. They pick up in their car. Some Walgreens have two lanes. I think, I believe two, some CVS have two lanes. How does that work? Uh, I didn't work out a pharmacy that had two lanes, but when I went on my IPI, I know they have, it's a little box that comes down, and I think they just like put it in there and they send it off. Kind of like a bank, like a little tube system looking Yeah, thing? like a tube system. Oh, okay, uh-huh. okay. And I know sometimes they would say the medications would get stuck, so I don't know how they would go about fixing it, because I've never worked in a pharmacy that had the two lanes, but there is the two lane option. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing, there was computers there, you can work on input on the side, work on things on the computer on the side while helping out the patients. Mm-hmm. And then there's obviously filling. Uh, people need to fill your prescriptions so that you can get your medications. So that's what people see on TikTok, you know, that little trend for a while where people were posting them self-counting pills. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that people are familiar with that. So you count in the back, you, uh, whenever the pharmacist verifies, it comes to you and like the labels print out. So you grab the labels, you pull the medications from the shelves. And you scan, you scan the leaflet, you scan the bottle, make sure it's the same manufacturer, whatever NDC is on the leaflet, it should match the label that you're going to fill, I mean the prescription that you're going to fill, fill the prescription, send it off to the pharmacist. So that was that. We did have lead technicians that took on other roles, uh, more ordering, more working closely with the pharmacist, like there's jobs, I think anybody can do it, because we would get... um, what is orders every day you know when we're out of stock of medication like the truck would come in we would have to put it away scan it there was obviously a a process to it Mm -hmm. i didn't do it much but when i did do it it was a pain (laughs) having to put all the medications away i think that was my least favorite part Uh, yeah i'll help sometimes at del sol and it's it's annoying to just get the bottles and just like looking for them in the shelves and everything it's like time consuming yeah i never knew how time consuming and it's a little easier when you're familiar with the shelves but on my Ippies, I know they had me help put the order away, and it was hard because I wasn't familiar with all the shelves and how they had the medications organized. Mm-hmm. And then once COVID hit, technicians were allowed to give vaccinations. But as an intern now, I still give the vaccinations. But I remember as a technician, I learned how to give vaccinations. So we were able to give COVID vaccines. 
I think they said flu shots now, technicians. But obviously, as an intern, we give them anyways. And then... I didn't know for a while that technicians couldn't give the flu shot. Yeah, they were, we were only allowed to give COVID vaccines. Really? Yeah, that's when the whole pandemic hit and the vaccines were coming out and everybody was wanting them, you know, when they were in huge demand. Yes. That's so. when it was, yeah, we could give vaccines then. I remember our pharmacist would open open a vial and you know how each vial was like five to six vaccinations mm-hmm. in each and it would expire after a certain amount of time my pharmacist used to send me into the aisles and ask people hey you want a COVID vaccine <laughs> we have an extra hey you want and i hated doing that people were like oh i already got it i remember That's so awkward yeah it is like i would go in the aisle scouting people hey you want your covid vaccine we got it like come to the back <laughs> and i mean some people would come but it was like, i remember this one time this guy was like yeah, we're going to a party. Can I still drink? And I told him, yeah, come on over. Yeah, <laughs> asked my pharmacist. So you both can get your vaccine. Like, he was with his girlfriend. I was like, come get your vaccine. We You're had like, it. I got you, dude. Yeah, because they were in such high demand. Like, you didn't want to waste the vaccinations, right. you know? But yeah, we were able to get vaccinations. And then another role that we took on was COVID testing, which was a whole... Not a mess. It was just another responsibility that was added on on top of all the other work that we already had to do you know Mm -hmm. so i remember when i was working at walgreens they would assign like a specific tech that day to do the covid testing so people would come through the drive-through they had to make an appointment sometimes there was a mess people would just want to be walk-ups and if we were flexible enough and if we had time we would tell them okay come back later i could take you as a Mm walk-up but it was mainly by appointment what else so at the time, there were enough COVID tests that they could dedicate a whole shift to that? Yes, it was so crazy. I would be there all day. And I liked COVID testing because you didn't really have to <laughs> <laughs> do much else. But you would have to wear your gloves. Obviously, we still had to wear our masks. Um, so what I would do is you would get the patient's order, right? And then, you know, verify the name and date of birth, make sure it's them. So then you would send the swab in the little container thing. They would get the swab, and then I had a practice one, so I would like rip it open, and then I would show them how to do it like five times in each nostril, and then you like put it back in, oh. and you're watching them, making sure they do it, and then they would send it back in the thing. You would take their, in the little tote, you would take their their sample, and then we had the vaccination room turned into that, so we had to make another vaccination room. So in there, there was like two little machines, and then you would test it right there. So like you would be in charge of testing it, and you would get the results in maybe like 10 to 15 minutes. So you knew how to do the testing too? Yeah, it was super easy. There was like a kit, and there would be like two different steps. So there was two machines running. Mm -hmm. So so you kind of had to manage your time with, because it would pile up. Like two machines with two different samples, or they like each sample had to go through both machines? Yeah, so each machine could only take one sample. Oh, okay. They were little machines. So you'd put in the thing. There was a medium that you would put, and it would warm it, and then you would put the swab, and then you would put the swab back, and then you had to discard the swab, and sometimes if it didn't work, it was like a whole complicated process. She's a whole scientist over here. I'm a whole scientist, (laughs) but that's just some things that we would do as a community technician Mm -hmm. just briefly until you want to ask questions or get into whatever you want to talk about well i guess let's talk about like some major differences one thing maybe i want to talk about maybe like the numbers so 
I believe in hospital pharmacy. I had just counted this just, you know, to like tell my family about it just because I don't know, it was a cool number to me. Yeah. I think we have about 22 technicians. Oh my goodness. And then pharmacists, there's probably, there's over 10 for sure. Wow. I want to say somewhere from maybe like 15 to 20 pharmacists. And that includes both in-person and I don't know if the word's remote, IT pharmacists okay. and remote pharmacists that kind of do like um, online prescription verification. Yeah. So the team within the hospital is quite large. That's super big. I didn't know how big it was. <laughs> Whereas like in a community pharmacy, there's only maybe one to two pharmacists working at a time. And then I forgot the ratio. We learned it in law. What's the ratio? I believe it was, Dr. Davis, please don't come for us. I know. I believe it was six technicians to one pharmacist. Yeah, that seems about right. Because usually there would be two people filling, two people in the front. That's four. And then if we needed extra, maybe like five. Yeah, like five to six technicians at a time. The least amount, maybe four. Mm. So there was like one person. No, five, because there was one person working on phone calls data entry usually two to one person one to two people feeling and then there was always two people in the front and the drive-through so one person in the front one person in the drive-through and then if there was backup needed we would have somebody else back back us up that's crazy <laughs> and then i was also noticing you brought up your ippy a lot mm -hmm. so we both just finished our community ippies mm -hmm. at um, any community. community pharmacy that can be Walgreens, Walmart, CVS, Albertsons, any of those. And one difference I had noticed, and I don't know if it kind of differs by community pharmacy or maybe it's pretty standard, mm -hmm. but I noticed that in the community pharmacy, you, like you're scheduled for the time you're going to come in, mm -hmm. but you all sort of switch throughout the day on what you're doing so like maybe you start off with data entry but then at some point they say can you move down and you do like prescription entry or not prescription entry i'm like filling mm -hmm. whereas in the hospital my whole eight hour shift i'm the runner my whole eight hour shift i'm pixis like you're given that shift for the day i think it really depends on the pharmacy that you're at and the the environment i guess of the technicians that work there and the the whole crew mm-hmm because I know at some community pharmacies, if you come in and you're working in the front, you're gonna stay there your whole shift. And I think it just depends on who's working. But I know at some pharmacies, they do switch because there's a program. I'm not sure if it was for CVS and for Walgreens, but I know there's a program where it tells you like to switch oh, your no positions. Way. Like it times it? Yeah, it times it. Not necessarily that you have to do it, but I know it's implemented just in case you want to switch your technicians around mm -hmm. so that you're not doing the same job every day. But I know at some pharmacies, if you come in and you're doing the front, you're there all day unless you leave and you need to go to that role, like to fill the person's role that just left, unless that happens. Mm. Because I know that the pharmacies that I was at, I had mentioned that it was more of a seniority thing. Right, okay. So I know when I got hired at both pharmacies, I was primarily in the front. You know, because that's the easiest thing to learn. So how would they kind of rank, I mean, I guess, to kind of visualize it on what was a better shift versus what was for the least seniority? For the least seniority, quote unquote, I think was in the front. Because I feel like nobody wants to be in the front <laughs> as a technician. And not that we don't want 
I'm not going to classify myself as the we because I kind of liked being the friend sometimes. Mm-hmm. The only time I would get upset is when I wanted to learn more things because I feel as I was working more, I got better with patient contact. You know, I was the person to go to if we were Spanish translation or, you know, I was that person. I was always in the front. So I feel as like I got good. I got good in that, mm-hmm. you know? So I wanted to learn more things. So I feel like the least seniority spot was working in, in the front. And the most was obviously working in the back filling prescriptions. It's the easiest thing. You're in the back. You're not seen. You're not bothered. You're just in the back. Wow. I think I would kind of be like you, actually, because maybe it's just because that's just how it went on my AP, but I kind of got tired of filling because that's all I was doing. And I love filling. It's so therapeutic to me. I like it and all, but after you do it for like five days straight for seven hour shifts, like it it got old and I really Mm would have liked the opportunity to, I don't know if like legally interns can work like with the cashier and stuff Mm -hmm. in the cash registers yeah we can't so yeah i never i never saw that side of it and i kind of wish i was able to have more of that sort of patient interaction well next time you go on an ippy maybe you can shadow the people in the front because i know my pharmacist said that i could shadow any position that i wanted just Mm -hmm. so i can see how the technicians interact with the patients and i mean i already had that experience so that's not something that i wanted to do i wanted to shadow the pharmacist and see how he did data entry, how he verified prescriptions once they were filled, once they were typed, you know. But I would definitely recommend asking to see if you can shadow a technician because they do a lot, you know. And I feel like right. people don't understand that it's more than counting their pills and putting it into a bag and then they pick it up. Mm-hmm. Because technicians in the community setting are in charge of uh, typing your prescription, figuring out your insurance, calling the doctor if your insurance needs a PA, like a prior authorization, You know, technicians are in charge of all of that, and they're helping the pharmacists do that. They go find you your prescription, not prescription, your medication in the aisle. They, you know, they do a lot, and I feel like people don't understand that. And that's a huge difference from hospital pharmacy. So, like, you mentioned things like insurance, and you mentioned, like, um, patient interaction. Mm -hmm. I have minimal to zero patient interaction in the hospital. So, like, the one time... I maybe was going to interact with the patient. It was mm-hmm. to, there, there are some requirements the pharmacists have to hit, at least at my hospital, and that's that they have to do so many medication reconciliations in a given year. Okay. In short terms, that kind of just means that you're getting a patient's medication history and comparing it to their chart and seeing, like, are they taking the medication correctly? Are they adherent? Are these, yeah, are it? they adherent? Are these medications, like, are they taking it for an actual reason? If not, why are they taking it? You know, mm-hmm. doing stuff like that. So the one time I was going with my pharmacist to do that, it, I wouldn't count it because the patient didn't actually have, they didn't know what medications they were on at the moment. Mm. And, you know, I don't blame the patient at all. Yeah. But, I mean, that's just to tell you in the two years that I've been at Del Sol, that was the most patient interaction I've had. Wow. And I think it's, I'm not sure if it's hard for you because our first year of pharmacy school, that's all they taught us was how to interact with the patient. So I'm not sure if going on your IP was hard to talk to patients. It was. I mean, you know me. I'm a very shy person. Mm-hmm. Like, if I don't know you initially, I can be very quiet. I'm closed off. Like, it takes a lot for me to warm up to somebody. Mm-hmm. And a lot of me coming out of my shell, being more comfortable, 
talking to strangers has really come from this first year of pharmacy school. Yeah, and I think that's what's good about the community pharmacy setting. I'm not going to say that it's not good because it does expose you to getting contact with a patient, making connections with a patient. And I feel like as a pharmacist, it's good to make those connections, feeling empathy for your patients, feeling like you understand them on a certain level, I think helps um, the way in which you help them, the way in which you go above and beyond, like wanting to recommend the best thing for their care, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think working as a technician is what really helped me. Your customer service skills always have to be on point. But I would say that there is a downfall because I don't know, about you guys but me going to the pharmacy even though I want to work in pharmacy is sometimes a pain you know nobody wants to go to the pharmacy and I think they taught us that in school that it's okay for you just kind of have to smile because I know going to the pharmacy can be a hassle there's long lines your prescription may not be ready you your insurance has problems, the medication is out of stock, you know, people aren't happy to be at the pharmacy. Yeah, and nine times out of ten, you're not at the pharmacy for a good reason. Yeah, you know, and I feel as a technician, as an intern, as a pharmacist, it's good to start getting that practice of customer service, feeling empathetic, making, not making their days necessarily, but trying to make their days better, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense, because sometimes they've been going for medications for something like high blood pressure and maybe that's a normal thing for some people but maybe that's life-changing to another patient and you know you just want to be there and it's going to be okay not I'm not saying cliches but just being there to support them and you never know what people are going through so you it's just that connection that you can make is what I guess I'm saying I, I was able to get that practice I know not all people are easy to get along with because I do have some stories where this lady made me cry one day I was just fed up I could go into that if you want me to we'll save that for another episode community horror stories to be recorded to be recorded we just need input for that (laughs) I have uh, several stories of my own so we're just waiting for input from other people but yeah so interacting with other people is not always the best you know you just have to take it what is that saying take it with a grain of salt and you're there for the patient ultimately. And I, I think I do like that practice at community pharmacy, getting to work with the different personalities. Like we just did that color test. In, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think that really teaches us that everybody has a different personality. But if you want to go into the healthcare field, it's good to work with different personalities. And I think community, really, community pharmacy really pushes you into doing that, getting out of your shell, applying the knowledge that you're learning in pharmacy school. Right, and that's something they teach us too. They're like, as the... As a person in pharmacy, you're kind of the most accessible healthcare professional mm-hmm. to the patient. Because patients don't need an appointment to come and ask you, hey, I have this rash on my arm. I've had it for a couple of days. It looks like it's getting worse. What can I use? Right. They don't need an appointment for that. They just come up to your counter, you know? So. And I yeah. like how you mentioned that, like, in the community pharmacy, you can establish empathy and sort of, like, relationships with those patients. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing the technicians that I was shadowing being, like, like, oh, so-and-so, their daughter just had their their child, and now they're, like, a grandfather or something. Or, like, yeah. like you know, celebrating things with the patients. And I think that was, like, a really special thing that I don't get to experience. And we do, in a sense, get that insight into the patient's lives, per se. So while you guys in the community pharmacy kind of get to actually interact with the patient, 
get to converse with them, learn about their lives and whatnot. Mm -hmm. We only see it from an indirect perspective. So we only see, for example, what's put on the notes in the system. Yeah. So like we can tell like maybe someone came in because uh, they had a depressive episode or something or maybe someone just had a baby and their baby's in the NICU. Yeah. Like we can only indirectly feel something for that person. We don't actually know who that person is. Yeah. So, I mean, in a sense, like we're we're not gaining those skills. Mm-hmm. But something I wonder is do community technicians get as much the skill of interacting with other healthcare professions as maybe I do in the hospital? Um, I would say we do not as much as... No, scratch that. I would say we do. Maybe not as much as you guys do in a hospital since you guys are directly there in the facility, the same facility as them. I would say the only interaction that we get with other healthcare professionals is maybe calling the hospital, calling the doctor's office when something is wrong with the prescription or if we need to call them to get the prior authorization done for the patient and their insurance. I would say that's the only time. And majority of the time, it's mainly the pharmacist that talks to, well, the technician can also get the information, but I would say it's mainly the pharmacist saying like, hey, this is, maybe this dose is too high for the baby. You're giving them too much ibuprofen and they, they want to speak to the doctor. And even at that, sometimes we do get, um, some doctors are a little difficult to, <laughs> to get a hold of or um, to change the prescription. Like, they're very, like, why would you question me kind of mentality? Sometimes, yeah. Or sometimes they're just get hard to get a hold of. And I would say, I don't know if it's hard in a hospital setting to get a hold of, because you guys are just right there, you know? But sometimes it's hard to get a hold of them. We need to know where the patient was at. We don't know which doctor it was. We don't know if it's sometimes it's a nurse practitioner and what doctor they're under, you know oh, what I mean? okay. So sometimes it is a little difficult, I would say, to okay. work with other professions. I'd say in that sense, in the hospital, we there's an advantage in that I don't know if this is every hospital mm-hmm. but at least in mine we they have mobile basically cell phones that we carry that are only in network okay so every doctor every pharmacist certain technician shifts everyone carries it's called an iMobile mm-hmm. so if the pharmacist has a question about an order that was put in and that's something different about community and hospital as well in community you get prescriptions for yes. what I'm going to consider bulk amounts of medications compared to what you get in a hospital. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a hospital, you're getting a medication order and they're getting that medication to order. So for each dose rather than a bulk number. But in terms of contacting the doctor, it's a simple like, oh, like, here's my iMobile. You can't see me if you're listening to the podcast, but I'm holding up my phone. And I just look up like, oh, doctor so-and-so. Let me call him real quick. Hey, this is the pharmacist. I have this question. Mm-hmm. Or the nurse. Hey, uh, you put in a missing med for this medication. I just took it up on the run. Can you check the medication room? It's yeah. a simple contact like that. Mm-hmm. That's so convenient. That's so easy. It is, but sometimes, and I am guilty of this too. Sometimes the headphone went blank for a second. <laughs> but sometimes I don't want to carry an iMobile. Or I'll forget it in the pharmacy. Oh, yeah. So it's also useful to have cell phone numbers at times. Yeah. And how would you say, how would you go about um, the workload? Like, do you think in a hospital you guys have a heavy workload every day? Definitely not. It 
very much varies by the day and it can from one day to the next be completely different and how about like the season would you say that there's a change of workload within the different seasons like when winter comes or when fall comes do you think that there's a difference in workload there's definitely an increase during like the winter months when Mm -hmm. like flu season starts i'm pretty sure covid will start kicking back up a little Mm -hmm. you know i hope not but of course you know it's a one of those viruses so it may um whenever there's like an outbreak so like when there was a covid outbreak when rsv was getting really bad the hospital did get busy yeah and there were times like when i was runner i would get back like 45 minutes after leaving on the run and i had just 15 minutes to prepare the next run okay so i was just in and out running and i remember those days like i was averaging like eight and a half miles during one shift like wow. sixteen thousand steps wow yeah to be honest i was kind of proud of myself <laughs> you're like getting those <laughs> steps in <laughs> but it was it can get really busy but then there are also times it's weird you would think on holidays it actually gets busy but usually it kind of gets slow on holidays knock on wood knock on wood i know right but um honestly i think the whole kind of reason for that is that i don't think anyone really wants to go to a hospital on a holiday, holiday? yeah so typically a lot of holidays will end up flexing mm-hmm. and flexing just kind of means that we're approved to leave like 30 minutes or an hour earlier than the end of our shift. Okay. Or there's even times where it can get so slow that some units are being closed for the time being. Mm. So it it's really unpredictable. Yeah. And then I would say in a community pharmacy, there is slow points, you know, and I feel like that's more on the weekends. Everybody's at home relaxing but then there are some points in the weekend when there's only two technicians and it always gets busy because everybody's running their weekend errands and surprisingly when I've worked on holidays like it's been busy and they don't schedule a lot of technicians to work they only schedule one they only schedule two technicians and I've been so surprised that people want to come on their holiday. Not that they want to come, but they're there picking up their prescriptions. I'm, what are you doing here on Christmas? <laughs> what are you doing here on Thanksgiving? On Christmas too? Yes. I worked with, I think, I forgot which holiday I worked. And there was so many people, like so many people. Like, what are you doing here? So in terms of holidays, we're maybe, I think it varies by the pharmacy as well. But were yours open during all holidays? I think it depends on the pharmacy. Like my 24-hour one was open. And then when I moved to Walgreens, some weren't. So, so yeah, that's something else that differs. The hospital's open 24-7. Okay. So, like, last year I worked Christmas Eve, Christmas, New Year's Eve, and New Year's. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. But, I mean, I think going into hospital, you have to accept that. Uh-huh. That, you know, you're going to have times where you're on call. You're going to have maybe, like, during summer. I mean, summer break doesn't necessarily exist for that. And, I mean, you chose a clinical setting, so it's something that you really have to be dedicated to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then also going on the workload, I feel like when school starts, the workload gets tough. Also, when flu season comes around, you know, people want their shots. I mean, we give shots year-round, but especially during flu season, COVID season, Right, when it like, gets the busy. numbers start going up. Yeah, when everybody's getting sick, everybody needs their Medrol packs, they need their Z-Pack. Um, oh, the classic Z-Pack. Yeah, the Tamiflu, you know, they need their about Everybody's sick mm-hmm. in the fall. So I feel that's when it's at its peak. Um, there's also different at different points of the day where it's busier. You know, in the morning, it's relaxed. Everybody's at work. 
during the day people are at school work and then it hits five o'clock and everybody's at the pharmacy it's a rush like it's rush hour really? because everybody's getting off work you know everybody's getting off work everybody's getting off school they want to stop at the pharmacy pick up their prescriptions so it's the complete opposite in really? the hospital uh like i know if i'm scheduled as a morning runner like i pretty much expect it to be busy busy yeah. that's what i like about the runner the shifts usually go by pretty fast especially mm. if you work in the morning mm. so mornings i always expect it to go fast if i'm scheduled in the afternoon yeah after shift change for nurses which i think that typically happens around seven mm-hmm. super slows down maybe the patients are all asleep chris well, I'm I'm pretty sure that's why. Yeah. But I mean, the doctors have gone home. There's typically no surgery scheduled after that. Yeah. So, it, you know, afternoons are usually slow and like sometimes I'll even have some downtime to maybe help out in the pharmacy or mm-hmm. I don't know, even work in, work on something from school or something. Yeah. I There's know. two other differences really quick that I noticed possibly. One are I think the stressors differ in hospital and community pharmacy. How so? So, in hospital pharmacy, sometimes your role can come down to, like, I need to do this now, mm-hmm. or a patient might not make it. Okay. So, I can recall certain times that, like, we all know when a patient's coding. First off, I mean, you know, they call, like, code blue room, whatever, whatever, what unit. Mm-hmm. You're like, get the crash cart. Well, thankfully, they have crash carts in every unit. Oh, okay. We're responsible for replacing them when they bring them back down for replacement. Mm-hmm. But every unit has one ready to go. Okay. But um, there are times that, like, in the IV room, mm-hmm. if a patient is crashing, we don't schedule those medications because, obviously, you mean, you're not scheduling a code. Yeah, it's happening real life, real time. Right. So when we're in the IV room, the queue can be completely clear, and all of a sudden, we just see, like, four lines pop up of red and red means it's that like get it done as fast as you can so we can get it up there Mm -hmm. and it'll be like it they'll be not hard ivs but more you have to take out the extra fluid yeah more it's not a straight drawn shoot Mm -hmm. so like it'll be like a norepinephrine a phenylephrine an epinephrine um a vasopressin a presidex like it can the list can go on yeah and if you're the only one in the iv room sometimes and there are times that you are you're just you gotta get it done as fast as you can and the pharmacist can be calling in he'll be like hey we need those medications and you know i mean you can only work so fast Fast, yeah especially if you're the only one right so a lot of times like that can happen and i'll be thinking to myself i'm like oh my gosh like i hope this patient makes it and i hope like because i'm taking so long i'm not the reason there's any harm to them or something Mm -hmm. and you know it can get scary at times like that yeah yeah and what would you say, like, the stresses are for community pharmacy? Everything? <laughs> I feel like a lot has to do with because you have patient interaction. I think the patients are my main stressor. But I love the patients. Yeah, I don't think it's the patient themselves. I think it's they expect you to solve every problem that may mm, come up. Mm-hmm. And maybe sometimes you don't have the solution. Yeah, and they get so upset. Like, when it's the insurance's problem or it's the doctor's problem, I can be the mediator for them. I can call the doctor and stuff. But sometimes I feel as if, not for people to take this the wrong way, but I think sometimes it's the patient's responsibility. You know, it's their medication. Of course, I'm going to go above and beyond for you, but I'm not the one who needs the medication. You know, it's my, it is my job. I'm not going to say that it's not my job. And I am going to go above and beyond and do whatever I can do for you. But to a certain extent, if you don't have a, let's say if you don't have a refill, 
I can send as many refill <laughs> refill faxes to the doctor as I want, but it's up to them to also call the doctor. Hey, I need to refill my prescription. The pharmacy's been sending you. You know, they've been sending you faxes. Can you? Do you think you can refill my medication? Mm-hmm. We can't do that for them. I mean, we can, but if they want it, they should also put in the effort. Right. You know, that's one of my main stressors. And I think there are certain things too that you guys aren't the only role involved. Like you have third parties per se involved like you have to call a doctor you have to call the insurance Mm -hmm. whereas a lot of times the nurses they'll call us they'll be like even like sometimes they'll call us like oh hey um patient in the er i need um i don't know like i need a benzonate or whatever Mm -hmm. and i'll go look at the profile and it says it's a discontinued order i can still dispense it and i'll be like oh okay like give me like two minutes i'll tube it over yeah so a lot of in the in the hospital you're trained to we can do a lot on our own the roles between the pharmacists and the technicians are pretty well divided in the hospital Mm -hmm. so a lot of times like when the nurses call they will only go to the pharmacist for stuff like is this medication compatible with this medication are there any interactions can i give it this way can i get a time change Mm -hmm. whereas us it's like i need this medication there's a failed pocket like we can do a lot on our own yeah we don't need that third party involved yeah I think it's crazy to see the differences because obviously there's so many roles that technicians can do, not even in just in a hospital or a community setting. Um, there's different aspects of pharmacy, if that makes sense. You also worked at an inpatient. There's, there's different fields of pharmacy. Mm-hmm. I know we're only comparing the two because that's the experience that we've had, but just keep in mind that technicians can do a lot more than whatever we're comparing. And also just keep in mind these are our experiences. So we're just trying to inform you about what we've experienced, what we've seen. And um, I know we mentioned in the previous episode that now I'm going to start working with Chris Mm -hmm. at the same hospital as him. And this will be my first time working in a hospital setting. So I'm like really excited to see how they differ. And I'm excited to get that experience more, more of like a clinical setting, more hospital. I've already gotten that patient interaction experience. So now I'm excited to see... I guess how it works in the hospital. I get exposed to different medications, different procedures and stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I like how you said different medications because there's a huge Different. difference between community and hospital, the mm-hmm. common medications that are used. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know like in the hospital, the ones I see all the time are like protonic strip. The I see presidex used all the time i see magnesium calcium stuff like that mm-hmm. and then in community it can be stuff like claritin yeah it's stuff like, that more people are familiar with like sometimes you mention the drugs that you deal with in the hospital and maybe i've heard the names but i have no idea what they're for mm-hmm. so i'm excited to just dive into more of what different medications there are especially the most common ones that are used in the hospital because I know Abraham did mention that there are fast movers in the hospital and there are fast movers in community, but obviously they're super different, you right. know? So I'm just excited to gain that new experience. It'll be very exciting. I'm excited to train her. <laughs> yeah, he's going to train me. And then Chris has also got an experience in community through our IPI, so it's not that we don't relate to each other. So I'm glad that we each have a little bit of insight into what um, we've done for work and that we just credit all sorts of technicians all pharmacy jobs are hard. We're all hardworking. We all put in that work in order to get the best outcome for the patients, I think. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed learning about the hospital pharmacy. 
I hope you guys learned a lot. I hope you learned a lot. I did. It Thank gave me, you. Yeah, it gave me a different perspective, I should say. You know, there's a lot of roles that I didn't know that were in the hospital setting. I'm pretty sure that you learned a lot of roles in the community setting that you weren't really aware of. You know, and hopefully, For sure. yeah, hopefully the people listening to the podcast that have never really put much thought into what pharmacy technicians do, what pharmacists do, what pharmacist interns do. Hopefully you've gained like a new insight into what we do is not just counting pills and selling them out. There's so much more behind the scenes that we put into to get you your prescription. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Chris, if you want to put in uh, the plug for our social media. Yes. So we do have an Instagram, a TikTok and a YouTube. Mm-hmm. Forgive so, me. Uh, the name don't know the names by. <laughs> it's OK. So while he pulls up the TikTok and the YouTube, uh, our pharmacy, our pharmacy, <laughs> our Instagram account name is when the pharmacy closes, just exactly like our podcast. And then give me one second. This is awkward. Ha. So on TikTok, we are WTPC.pod. Mm-hmm. And then our YouTube. Our YouTube is RxCloseSPod. All right. So that's where you can see the video version of the podcast if you're more of a visual person. All right. We thank you for listening. We hope you guys come back and listen to the next episode. We had a really good time comparing hospital pharmacy versus community pharmacy. Thank y'all. All right. Thank y'all. See you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.